What if there was a different way to live and work? Beyond the hustle and hype. Beyond the never-ending race to get more, do more, be more. A way that's grounded, intuitive, intentional, and in line with your deepest, truest self. You're listening to Wellpreneur with me, your host, Amanda Cook. Together, we'll explore nature-based personal growth for high-achieving women. I invite you to plant your feet on the earth, slow down, tune in, and get ready to create a life of meaning and magic. Hello, and welcome to episode three. Uh, This week, I'm talking to Michelle Fenninghouse from Find Your Balanced Health. You're probably familiar with Michelle because of her really popular uh, Reinvent Yourself 21-Day programs. Michelle's a health coach that she's been coaching online for several years, and she has a really nice balance of working her business around her life. She's currently the mother of one, and she's got a second on the way, and she'll talk to you about how she's designed her business to really fit into her life instead of the other way around. Now, I have to admit that this This is actually the very first interview I recorded for this podcast. So the quality is not as great, but the content is awesome. So this is the only interview I have that has less than stellar um, audio quality. And that's actually because it started off as a video. So just hang with me on this episode. You'll really love the content. And then we'll get right back to the higher quality audio interviews after this. But I think what you're really going to love about Michelle's interview, not only is how she fits her business into her life, but it's how low tech she is. So for any of you that really aren't into all this technology stuff and you're not really a gadgety person, you're going to love this because you actually don't need that much technology to take your business online. Michelle keeps it really simple and just focuses on the most effective things and it's really worked for her. She's got a great business going. So again, sorry for the audio quality, but I really think you're going to love the tips that Michelle shares today. So let's get started. Hi, Michelle. Hello. Hello. (laughs) Thanks for talking with me today. I'm really excited to have you meet my community because I think they'll be really interested in learning how you've grown your health coaching business online and just kind of learning about your journey because you're up to lots of different things. So yeah, Yeah, problem. Awesome. So if people aren't familiar with you, I was wondering if you could just give us like a really short intro into kind of your journey into health coaching and how you started your business and then kind of what your business looks like today. Sure. I used to work in advertising and I hated it. <laughs> I just, yeah. It's a grind, man. I hated it. Um, and I felt really trapped and didn't know what the heck I was going to do. So I, I went through my own personal reinvention. You know, I, I had a health crisis that doctors couldn't really help me with. And I ended up discovering yoga, discovering changing my diet. I think this is a similar story for so many people. Mm. And once I realized what I could do to help myself, I became an evangelist. You know, I had to tell everybody and it became very obvious that this is something I should pursue. So I did. And it was sort of like, oh, I'm going to do this part-time for a while. Yeah, I'll Mm -hmm. do part-time one day, you know, on the side. Right. And I didn't know when it would become a full-time gig, if ever. I was pretty pessimistic, actually. But then I was about halfway through my time at IIN and I got laid off. <laughs> like, right. So it's like the okay. universe telling you. <laughs> yeah. You're supposed to my be doing health coaching. Like, well, yeah. we're going to have layoffs. And I was like, oh, well, don't lay off that guy. He has a family. You know, and at the time I was, I didn't have kids. I was like, no, take me, take me. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. And then I just was like, 
sink or swim, you know, now is the time to make it happen. Mm-hmm. And I just sort of followed, I followed the instructions from IIN and that got me, you know, to a certain point and, and things were going well. So it's, uh, it's just kind of momentum built from there. Okay. So how long have you been health coaching now full time? It's been about five years. Oh, right. Awesome. So when you started out, did you have the intention that you were going to do a lot with your business online or were you starting out doing more like workshops and, and seeing clients in person? Yeah, I did more in person because I was also teaching yoga. And so I had this in-person presence like in the community. Right. So I did do things, but I also, because of my time in advertising, I, I used to work mostly interactive advertising. So we built websites and we did online, you know, advertisements mm. and I was very comfortable in that world. So that was always a big piece of my business as well. I didn't shift to an entirely online based business until I got pregnant with my first son. Right. Oh, so now is your business totally online? Yeah. So tell me a bit more about it then. Do you, I know, I know for sure you have group programs because that's one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you because I think they're really, really cool, your group programs. But do you also see clients one-on-one? Not too much. I actually stopped entirely again when my son was born because I just didn't work for my lifestyle anymore. Now that he goes to preschool a couple days a week, I mm-hmm. have been working one-on-one um, over the phone, sometimes Skype. Um, but that's actually a pretty small piece of my business. I do it if people ask, if they come to me. I don't sell it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like it that way. I think that's so nice, actually, about building your business online because it gives you a lot of flexibility if you want to, you know, if you want to pull back from doing that one-on-one work or you know how people say trading dollars for hours, that mm-hmm. kind of thing, and then just scaling up and being able to help a lot more people with with online programs and not necessarily, and you don't have to necessarily work all the time. Yeah, it's been really good for wanting to have a family and a career and make mm-hmm. them both work at the same time. Mm-hmm. But I'll let you know how it goes. I got another one coming in April. And oh, that'll really? be a Congratulations. whole, <laughs> <laughs> a whole new ball game having two, but we'll figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So a lot of the people in my community are really just starting out with their email lists and starting out online. And so a question that comes up a lot is how do you find people to start to, to put on your list and to get to your website? Because you know, you know, none of us are born with an email list. So we all start from zero. And then someday it starts snowballing and it can get quite big. But how did you start out in the beginning getting those first few people on your list or starting to get that traffic to your website? Well, I had a little bit of an advantage because I had been blogging a lot for mm-hmm. about two years prior mm-hmm. to starting my business. And it was about my own health journey, I guess. It was just more of a personal blog, which I started, by the way, because my husband was like so tired of hearing about it. (laughs) He was like, why don't you start a blog? Just tell everyone else so you don't have to tell me. (laughs) Who cares? So I did. And and I had a strong following with that. And this was in like 2007. Blogging was in in some ways it was easier then because there weren't so many blogs. I mean, there were a lot but it's not quite the same as it is now. So I had a little bit of a following through that. And my email list, but my email list really started with friends, family, you know, just like everybody, you know, you just pick your mom and your sister, your dog. And and that was it. The way it really started to grow beyond that was getting out there. (laughs) And I did it in two ways because I was, I was teaching yoga and I was out in public. So I would bring a list to yoga class with me and I would mention that I was doing whatever I was doing online or that I had great recipes or I would talk about 
uh, food as part of the yoga class. Like if we were doing twists, I would talk about detoxifying and I would kind of all tie it in and I would always have a list with me and, and sometimes people would add their name to it and that was great. And then I also got out there by being online more and I sought out places that I could write articles for, you know, I could guest post. I actually became kind of, you know, you try a hundred things and 99 of them don't work, but one thing works. Mm -hmm. That's all you need. I got very strangely connected to this monster.com subsidiary Uh and the woman running it was looking for a health writer. I found her on Twitter. And I was just like, oh, yeah, I'm a health expert. I didn't even believe that I was a health expert. But it was remarkably easy to get connected to that. And then suddenly I was this like health expert on this monster.com site. And the first time I held a teleseminar, you know, everybody's freaked out with that first teleseminar. I was hoping that like four people would sign up. Mm -hmm. She let me promote it as part of like an article about sugar. I did the Sugar Blues talk. Fantastic, yeah. And 80 people signed up. Wow, that's amazing for a first oh, teleseminar. I mean, that's great for any teleseminar. Yeah, that's great. I was shaking in my shoes. 80 yeah. people. So right from the get-go, I was attracting an audience from all over the country, even all over the world. And that was a really nice push mm-hmm. in the right direction. So I kept doing mm-hmm. stuff like that, kind of just sort of relentlessly offering my services, offering free anything I could give um, in exchange for exposure. Right. Well, I love, I love how you said too that, you know, in the beginning that the lady was looking for a health expert and you didn't feel like one, but you did it anyway. And I think that's, that's what it's so much about, isn't it? Just like putting yourself out there, even if you don't feel quite ready. Because at least with writing, like I've found, because guest posting for me has been the number one way I've built my list. And I found that with writing, you have a bit of control. So if you don't feel confident in an area, you don't need to write about that. So I think it's quite a good way to put yourself out there too, because you have a bit of control over what subjects you're talking about. And you can research if you need to do a little Googling if you're not exactly sure about that. Totally right. What a fact. Yeah. Yeah. You're not on the spot. If you can write, write. That's Mm. so easy. You know, whatever you Just keep trying because you never know. I mean, have you have you figured out the formula of figuring out like which places to guest post are going to get you the most traffic? Because it seems kind of hit or miss sometimes. You just have to keep putting it out there. And yeah, and it all kind of is cumulative. So by now, I have articles in a lot of different places online. Some of them led directly to a result, like what I just told you about with that teleseminar. But others. You know, the traffic doesn't seem so much, doesn't matter. But over time, my website has all these links to it from all these places that I've guest posted. And that just helps with Google rankings. And over time, it's just, like you said, a snowball effect. Yeah, yeah, totally. So how did you go about kind of what role does your email marketing and your email newsletter play in your business? And how did you decide like how you want to go forward with that? Like how you want to do your newsletter and how often and, and things like that? So I mentioned I was in this interactive advertising world. And one of the Mm. biggest things we did for our clients, and these are big clients like Royal Caribbean, was I did their newsletters. So I thought I was like, these knees, like expert in email marketing. Mm -hmm. And I treated my own newsletter a lot like how we did theirs. So I knew some of the best practices and um, what would make people click on things and What I didn't know was that my business, not only was it a different industry, but it was such a different target. It was such a different world. I mean, I'm just a single solopreneur over here versus Mm -hmm. Royal Caribbean, you know, it's just a different 
ball game. Yeah. But I did take my newsletter very seriously from the beginning. And I started, um, I think I would send in the beginning, I would just do one monthly. And then I added a second. And I was, you know, I was playing with like how much content, articles, recipes, editorial content to send versus how much promotional content. Mm -hmm. So I kind of toyed with that for a while. And then after a couple of years, I kicked it up and, um, and started sending more. And actually just this year, I decided I was going to send weekly. That's been a change in this year. And, and I mean, I think it makes a big difference. Keeps, it definitely feels like I have more interaction and people are paying more attention. Right. You get more, do you get higher open rates or just more engagement? Like how do you, or? Yeah, all over the place. You know, um, I would say my open rates have stayed fairly consistent through the years, but if people are opening one time a month versus four times a month at the same rate per email, that's four times as much, Mm -hmm. you know, traffic and everything. So that's good. And, you know, people hit reply and they talk to me. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Overall, there's just more action. So how do you, do you have advice? Because another question that comes up a lot is, you know, people asking, should I do like a big professional newsletter with lots of recipes and articles? Should I custom write stuff for my newsletter? Or should I do something like more casual with just text and a link back to my blog? Do you have any advice for how people should figure out what's best for them or which one's more effective? I mean, generally, whatever gets the newsletter out the door is what you should do, as opposed to never doing anything. You know, I I used to do mine with a lot of graphic. I used to hand code the HTML because I wanted it to look a certain way and I happened to have those skills. Mm -hmm. And it would take me like a full day. And then at a certain point, I'm like, this is ridiculous. (laughs) I'm going to use a template that they provide, you know? (laughs) I'm not above that. So I started using a template, made my life easier. And actually, just recently, I stripped down my newsletter entirely so that only has one graphic, whatever I'm talking about, that, you know, whatever was on my blog this week, that's what you're going to see in the newsletter, I use the same graphic. And that's it. And it's just plain text. Mm-hmm. And it's much more like, I'm just writing to you. I see a lot of that lately. It's mm-hmm. less um, about being flashy with graphics and much more of making it look like I'm just sending you a personal email. Right. Yeah. So it has that, I think... I think it makes people think of me as a person yeah. on the other side. Of it and it's like you have, a pers- you have like a personal connection with them instead of just like, this is Michelle's newsletter for the month. Yes. Yeah. It's like it makes it look like you're like, yeah. Right now, I'm really enjoying having a more mm. personal thing going on. Mm-hmm. And you're so right that it, the point is you just need to get it out. It's not so much about how it looks. It's more just the fact that it's regular So whatever you can do to get it out. Yeah, good advice. So I was wondering, I wanted to talk definitely about your online programs because that's one thing that I love about your business. And I was noticing your 21-day detox. Mm -hmm. One thing that I really thought was cool about that is that you do, you have like a shadowing program that health coaches can shadow your detox. I thought that was really neat. I haven't really seen that in many other places. So people can get behind the scenes. Yeah, yeah. It's funny because in years that I've been running that detox, I've had so many health coaches email me and ask if they could buy it. I mean, I know those are out there. You can buy someone a program and then call it your own and run it. But I'm just personally not into that. And I was absolutely not going to sell the rights to what is my most profitable program. Right. So I was always just saying no. And that was the end of it. And then I would have, obviously, a lot of other people would contact me and just want to know, how did you put your detox together? And all these questions, 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 questions. So I would sometimes work with them in a mentoring relationship or, you know, as a business coach, kind of, to talk about those things. 
then I thought, well, why don't I just let people in? I like come into the room with me and we'll do this yeah. together. Yep. And that way you can kind of get all your questions answered and you can see how it's run from the inside out. So mm -hmm. yes, I started doing that and um, that's been really, it's been really fun. You know, it reminds me of when I was in college and doing like an internship right. somewhere. You just, you learn so well by doing. And I don't think that you can be as successful if you just, you know, kind of buy it and try to do it yourself. I don't know. It seems like. Right. Plus they get to see like how exactly how it runs before they try to run one themselves, which is just. Including the yeah. shit that goes wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very transparent. It's you like know? the all access pass. <laughs> yeah, it's the all access pass. I'll, I told my group last time about this complaint that I got and how it made me feel. And I showed them how I responded. Mm. And I mean, this, this happens. It's all part of running the business, so I'm really transparent about the downsides, too. Mm -hmm. So how did you get started doing online programs? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Not even on purpose. No, I'll tell you what it was. Well, I, I mean, I feel comfortable online. You know, like I said, I have this background. I feel really comfortable online. But I had never done an online program before. Mm -hmm. When I went to IIN, it was in person, so that right. didn't even count an online program that I had done. So I, I'm sure they existed. I didn't invent it, but I had no frame of reference. Mm -hmm. But I, you know, came upon this, you know, idea that I was going to offer a detox and I was going to offer it at a yoga studio that I worked at. And I think it was just because so many of my people who read my blog, people on my mailing list were also interested in doing the detox, but they lived all over, again, mm -hmm. you know, have this following from all over the country. Mm -hmm. And so I was just like, how am I going to offer this locally and leave all these people out? And I thought, gosh, I could make so much more money if I had the audience of everybody on my list, mm -hmm. not just those who live near me. So the first time I ran my detox, I kind of did it on parallel path. I ran it in person and then I offer the same information to anybody who signed up online. They get the PDFs and I held, you know, like a teleseminar right, instead of a yeah. live meeting. And yeah. I kind of... I don't know. I just made up the idea. <laughs> it was a lot different then than it is now. Mm -hmm. So do you have any advice then for people that want to get started, like want to do an online program, a detox or a cleanse or a, something like that? Yeah. I mean, well, A, yeah, I know what the program is. You know, I kind of had to do that anyway because I was doing it in person. So that goes no matter how you're offering the program. Right. But I would say do it using the least amount of technology you need. Because mm. there's like now, um, I don't like the things you see, like... I can't deliver the kind of online program that somebody else might be able to do with their like fancy video recording studio and, you know, endless budget. And in the beginning, I just used what I had. So I had a PayPal account and I knew how to email PDFs to people and hold a teleseminar. You know, that's all I did. Yeah. And that's really all you need. There was no Facebook groups back then. I think we used um, Google, like Google groups. Right. Yep. You know, those are, I don't use those anymore, but... There's so many options now. I would just keep it simple. Use right. what you know, because mm -hmm. otherwise it's like it turns into this maddening, like I have to learn all this technology. Yeah. Well, plus the first time you run it, you don't really know what the uptake's going to be. So you don't want to spend all this time like developing this complicated system to deliver a course and then two people sign up and you decide not to run it again. Right. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Keep Definitely. it simple. So what's, what kind of technology do you use now for your courses? Well, I've integrated some other things. You know, I have made some videos for some of my courses. They're not much fancier than what you're seeing right now. 
you know, I just offer more, you know, like at some point I realized, oh, oh like it would be great if everybody got an email every day of their detox. Right. I didn't do that the first time. You know, I just, just figured out what would be more useful and I started adding things. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I haven't used a heck of a lot more technology. That's great. Because you can see like some, you know, some people, if you look up about doing online courses online, it's like you have to buy these systems and create membership sites and like all these password protected content. And, you know, for people that, I mean, you have tech skills, so that's okay. But for people that don't, I mean, that can get quite it's a real deterrent to doing it. So I think that's great that you can just run it with teleseminars and an email, basically a really good email marketing system. Really? That's all you need. I mean, you know, as much as you can get hung up on the technical side of things, also there's the issue of your participants will get hung up on the technical side Mm -hmm. of things. If you're asking them to join some community and have a new password and visit this, you know, just do all this kind of stuff, they're going to get really lost too. And even with what I do, which is very basic, I have so many issues with like, I don't know how to download a PDF. I don't know how to print anything, you know? So simpler you can make it for yourself helps on the other end too. Yeah, totally. So do you have, are you still working just totally as a solopreneur? Have you outsourced some things? Do you have some help for part of your business? I will have more come (laughs) April. Come April, yep. Yeah, I I have a virtual assistant now. I often hire somebody to help me do recipe testing oh, right. for my programs. I'll have somebody do proofreading for my stuff, you know, just to help me polish everything. Mm-hmm. And then come next year, I'm going to have some additional support, like community managers for my forums. Just things that help me take a step back from the day-to-day yeah. so that I can, well, A, manage my family life. But in addition to that, so I can be the the CEO as opposed to the, you know, the hands on the ground all the time. Right. Where they say like working on your business, not in your business. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's common. Yeah. (laughs) Cool. So just to wrap things up, I was wondering if you could give maybe your top three recommendations for tools that you like for running your online business. It could be anything, but something that makes your life easier on the online side. Oh, that's a good question. Maybe I should have told you that one in advance so you could. (laughs) I use a pad of paper. (laughs) And a typewriter. Yeah. Honestly, though, I do. I keep my to-do list. I star what's important for today and I cross it out when it's done. I don't use any chances. I did start using QuickBooks this year. I didn't, and I don't think you need to use it in the beginning like until you're actually earning a significant amount of money that you need to keep track of and you have expenses and you're paying vendors. But yeah, like I'm hoping my tax season this year goes a lot more smoothly because mm-hmm. I have QuickBooks. So that's, yeah, that's been a big like upgrade in my business to that in a more professional manner. So I've been using that. I use just in terms of a shopping cart on my website, like there's so many different ways you can sell stuff online. I use eJunkie. Oh, right. Okay. It's cheap. eJunkie. Mm-hmm. Does the job. Allows you to have affiliates if you want. I mean, I think it's like $5 a month to start. And now I pay maybe like $15 a month. Affordable. Yeah. Really. I mean, there are probably sexier programs out there, but I have seen no reason to change. But with affiliates too, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. And again, there's other things that probably do a better job, but um, I think like, hey, why fix it if it's not broken? It's been working for years. Yeah, exactly. What else I use? This is probably my big ones. I don't really do a lot of Skype. No, I keep it 
WordPress. WordPress. Yeah. <laughs> WordPress. Woo! That's one of my favorites. <laughs> it's amazing. I mean, that's it. That's the whole business. WordPress. There you go. I love it. You're like simple, streamlined. You're not like gadget head with like a thousand different tools. You're like really simple. I think that's great because I think that's what most people starting out, they get intimidated. They think they need all these skills and all these tools. But actually, if you've got a good email program, it looks like you can do it. The email service, that's probably the biggest thing I say. I hate spending money on stuff, you know? Why am I going to sign up for all these things I'm going to spend money on? So email service is probably my biggest expense. Cool. So what's next for you? What, what exciting things are you working on? Hmm. Motherhood, man. This is like two big jobs at the same time. You know, your business is like your baby, and you've got to give it, like, so much attention. So much that I'm, like I said, I'm working on stepping away from my business in that capacity, being a little more hands, I don't say hands off, but yeah, just not doing all the administrative stuff myself so that I can be more present for my family and, and really walking that line between what do I want to accomplish in this world? Do I want to be the biggest, baddest, most successful health coach ever at the expense of, you know, not being present for my family or... Do I want to just be a mom and leave the health coaching world? You know, I see people do both of these things, and I'm just kind of walking that line. So I don't know what comes next because I don't know what it's going to be like to have a bigger family. But I do know that next year is going to be a little more system-based, a lot more help, and a lot more um, products and things that I can release on my time and not be tied to, like, a specific start date or, or like a, a meeting time with clients on one. It's going to be a lot of more, a lot more um, like passive income based. Yeah, great. So where can people find you if they want to find out more or get in touch? Findyourbalancehealth.com, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm on Facebook too much, and I'm on Twitter sometimes. <laughs> okay. Facebook and your website, awesome. Thanks so much, Michelle. Well, that's it. Thanks for listening to the Wellpreneur Online Podcast. For all of the links to the websites and resources that we talked about during this episode, you can find them in the show notes at wellpreneuronline.com slash three. And if you enjoyed this episode, it would be really great if you could go onto iTunes and subscribe to it so you never miss another episode. And while you're there, it would be really awesome if you could leave me a review because the reviews and the subscribers are what help other people learn about this podcast. So if you've appreciated it, it would be really awesome if you could leave me a review on iTunes. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll see you back here next week with the next episode.